I also have a copy of the schedule posted right over there for those who would like a quick reference. Copy of the parish bulletin for the last Sunday at Immaculate Conception that will tell you uh, also what masses are being offered here at the church and also the uh, intentions for the masses that are being offered there and here during this week. Today's mass was offered for the poor souls in purgatory at the request of some parishioners. And of course, I remember in a special way some very dear souls who were attached to us here at the camp very closely. Uh, Chris Terry Lawson, who passed away this last year, as you know, just uh, a number of months ago. And also Glenn McQuillan. Terry and Glenn were good friends. And uh, they both uh, passed away of evidently pneumonia-related or blood clot-related uh, COVID-19. Uh, so it's particularly sad. Uh, they're the only members of the parish we lost, and both of them very much attached to the camp, so please continue to pray for them. And uh, remember uh, also uh, Eric Talley. You're all familiar with Eric's passing. And uh, tragic in the eyes of men, we pray um, a great blessing to him. I pray that uh, he certainly is uh, rejoicing in the presence of God in heaven right now. But he will be very sorely missed here. Uh, pray for Bill Ciccatelli, one of our retreatants, and also Fritz Eichler. Some, it's been quite a few years since Fritz passed away, but he is very much active out here at the camp in the earliest days. Um, so we keep all of them in our prayers and I remember them all at the Mass today in a special way, as I say, and many others as well. Now, as I mentioned, the retreat is dedicated to St. Saint jo Saint Joseph. Um, tomorrow we have the, the Nativity of St. John the Baptist. <clears throat> we celebrated the, uh, the Vigil of St. John the Baptist uh, feast day today, you could tell by the purple vestments. And there's an interesting connection between St. John the Baptist and St. Joseph because uh, uh, they're both technically speaking saints of the Old Testament since they died before our Lord's death on the cross. Uh, both men, very powerful men, actually they are exemplars of what it is to be a man devoted to God and at the service of God's will. Neither one of them was a father, neither one of them had children here on earth, and yet both of them had a special service to render to the Son of God on earth. And so it's as though they somehow participated in that, in that service to God's own Son that reserved them uh, to have celibate lives. Um... And uh, St. Joseph was so silent, um, his actions were worth more than, well, if a picture is worth more than a thousand words and actions worth more than a thousand pictures, so St. Joseph's actions were worth a million words. And uh, he spoke very loudly by what he did, not what he said. But it's as though um, God uh, had him silent so that it was very clear that he was acting always in the role of God here on earth as the foster father of God's own son. 
even God the Father is quoted in the scriptures, but St. Joseph is not anywhere, not one word. But yet we see in him a tremendous strength and a will to act, uh, to serve God, always, most faithfully. And with St. John the Baptist, the same way. Our Lord said of St. John the Baptist, no man born of woman is greater than St. John the Baptist. But so we see these two men, St. John the Baptist and St. Joseph, uh, kind of united in this, their, their singular, their very particular individual missions in the service of God. And so we, in a sense, bring them together during this retreat, um, during this month of June, and dedicated to the Sacred Heart. So there's a, a unity among the, the Sacred Heart, St. John the Baptist, St. Joseph here, because, uh, in fact, St. John the Baptist and St. Joseph before him, actually, um, St. Joseph uh, and St. John the Baptist dedicated their lives to the service of the Sacred Heart in a very real way, because, after all, St. Joseph was the guardian of the Sacred Heart. He really was the guardian of the Sacred Heart here on earth. And St. John the Baptist is the one who pointed out the Savior from the banks of the Jordan River. And so he's the one who directed mankind to the Sacred Heart. So they have a great service to render in that, in that regard too. But I'll tie all of this together in the conferences here. And actually, uh, also, the death of Terry and Glenn and Bill and Fritz also has something to say to us here today, during these next couple of days. Um, so the, uh, the conference actually tonight is more of a practical conference as to what we should do over the next couple of days just to survive. Um, so you all have copies of the schedule. I left copies of the schedule on the front table over in uh, the pavilion, as we call it, dining room. Uh, and you all should have booklets. I have some extra ones here for those who arrive late. I have to make sure they get them. Uh, for those who do arrive late, I ask you, please, to help them to kind of move in. Uh, some of them had been here before, I'm sure, and they know their way around. Others, not so much so. We have some who are here for the first time. I don't have any actual maps of, of the property, but uh, again, you know, you can be of service um, helping people find their way around silently, ideally. Um, we do have some books in the back. They've dwindled quite a bit. I don't know where they've gone, but there are some books, and whatever books are back there are at your service. And we also have the books available here. They're actually for your use and purchase if you'd like to purchase them. I thought I had brought over quite a few books. It was St. Francis de Sales on, or uh, yes, St. Francis de Sales on prayer, because we have to spend a little time talking about prayer. And uh, St. Francis de Sales is a master on the subject of prayer. I see I only have two copies there. I'm going to bring more over. <laughs> But these are for your spiritual reading. Uh, one of the books uh, called A uh, Sinner's Guide has been found very useful by people. Uh, I think I told you in a previous retreat um, that um, one, of our, one of our ladies who runs a bookstore out, out west uh, is assisted by a Protestant woman in mailing books around the country. The Protestant woman was mailing the books, and among the books she was mailing was The Sinner's Guide. 
And after several years of sending the book out, um, she commented one day, the Protestant lady commented to our Catholic uh, bookstore uh, operator um, that she was surprised that Catholics needed a guide to tell them how to sin. Now, if she picked up the book and started reading it, she might have figured out that that's actually not what it was. But all those years, she actually thought that it was a guide for Catholics on how to sin. So uh, anyway, she was quite surprised, probably, well, perhaps somewhat relieved. You know, she wasn't sending out manuals on how to sin. Um, but the Sinner's Guide actually is a help to those who are sinners and need guidance on how not to sin and how to be faithful. So that, that is a, an excellent book, too. And, of course, there is a book on mental prayer and a variety of other books uh, that should be very helpful to you. Now, if you want to purchase them, uh, again, I have no system. I don't have prices marked on the books. I purchased them in bulk, and it was a substantial expense. Um, I kind of figured out that it comes down to where the, the small books uh, are about $10, and the medium books are about $15, and the large books are about $20, $22, actually, something to that effect. So maybe you can go by that if you can afford it. But here's a... A box, you can put any payment in there, but also this box is for any comments or questions. Ideally, questions. I have a few cards left from the ladies' retreat. They're, the cards are smaller than they were. That's not a, that's not a hint. Uh, these are just the cards I had available. But uh, you're welcome to take some with you, actually keep some cards with you during the conferences, and if you have questions, to write down the questions and put them in the box, and I'll try to look at them. Uh, in the following conferences. Uh, I'd rather you not interrupt the conferences, whether it be myself or Father Greenwell. Um, in my case, I just close my eyes because my eyes tend to go crossed, and I don't want you... I, well, that looks rather odd if I'm talking to you and you see my eyes are crossed. So I thought that would be somewhat of a, a distraction, so sometimes I'll just close my eyes. That's not to avoid seeing your hands go up or any questions you might have, but I do ask you to please... Uh, withhold any questions, write them down, and put them in the box here, and we'll answer them later. Um, now, one of the things that's very important is silence. Uh, some people come to the retreats, and they're very surprised that there is supposed to be silence during the retreat. But there is, in fact, supposed to be silence during the retreat. Because otherwise, it wouldn't be a retreat. Um, uh, the, the whole idea of a retreat is to try to withdraw from uh, the chatter of the world, and, uh, you know, all of the distractions of the world. And uh, that's why silence is so important. So you can be alone with our Lord and you can think of our Lord and think of him thinking of you. So please uh, maintain that silence. Be very considerate of your neighbor. When I say silence, I don't just mean talk, <clears throat> unnecessary talk. There might be necessary talk. I understand that. Uh, and uh, certainly if... if you need to communicate something. Uh, if your neighbor's bed is on fire, uh, it would be a charitable thing to let him know. Or if he's uh, about to uh, like uh, walk into a skunk, please let him know. Because there are skunks on the property, as one of our uh, campers found out last year. Um, but other than that, please, please maintain discreet silence. 
not only verbally, but also as far as banging around, please be very careful. You notice that the schedule calls for lights out at a certain time. I don't know, it's 10.15, 10.30 at night. Rising is 7.15. Well, 10.15 to 7.15, that's nine hours. I don't know how many of you ever get nine hours of sleep in a night. But you have the opportunity to. I'd like you to at least have the opportunity to do that tonight or during, while you're here for the retreat. So please be careful not to be banging banging around. Uh, and uh, just be considerate. Be considerate of your fellow uh, retreatant there. Help them when they need the help. But otherwise, leave it alone. <laughs> now, um, okay, I told you about the question and answer cards and the boxes here. Um, I don't have a map to give you. Uh, as I mentioned, but still, for those of you who have not been here before, and there aren't many of you who have not been here before, uh, for those of you who have been here before, if you see somebody who's new here and they're kind of wandering off, straying into an area, do let them know. But generally, uh, we're enclosed by the woods here. The property does go into the woods. Um, here we have the chapel and the conference room, and we have the soccer field here, and you see the, the, the uh, fields over there. The field, the, the, uh, I don't know if they're growing corn, maybe they're in beans this year, but um, the field over there belongs to the, the adjoining farmer, so don't go walking through his cornfield or bean field. But the grass area here, right up to the uh, little uh, fir trees or the little coniferous uh, uh, trees, whatever you want to call them there, <coughs> They mark the boundary. All the way down, there is a home down at the entrance to the camp. You saw it when you pulled in. Uh, the dear lady who lives there lives there with the son who has PSTD from, or PTSD, uh, from um, perhaps, uh, well, I'm not sure what, what uh, front he might have fought on, but, uh, and, um, and a dog that bites. So don't pet the dog. And uh, um, anyway, but she's been very helpful, very helpful to us here, reporting anybody coming onto the property that just shouldn't be here and uh, has rendered us a number of services, and we're grateful to her. Her name is Vicky. She's a good soul. Um, so as you come in the entranceway, you're driving practically due north. When you came in the drive, up the driveway, you came practically due north. That's why the sun rises over there and sets over there. That's why the chapel is oriented toward the east, toward the rising of the sun. You can always tell what direction you're, you're in. Uh, even if uh, on a cloudy day when the sun isn't visible, just see which way the altar faces. The altar faces east, the rising of the sun. In this case, S-O-N, Son of God. And the, the road loops around loops around to the right through the woods. That's all our property here. And uh, the woods actually on the left side of the, of the roadway, yes, they're part of the camp property as well. Even uh, camp, uh, uh, what is it, Lodge 4, for those of you who are in Lodge 4, you're on the left side of that loop, that road, as it begins to loop around. And the woods around you are part of the camp property. I think you know when you came to the edge of the property because there's a fence. Uh, uh, so anyway, you're, you're welcome to walk, walk in the woods there. And as the loop, 
the uh, roadway loops around. It'll actually loop around uh, and come back, uh, turn toward the east and come back south again. And you come out into a field. Uh, as you keep walking along the tree line there, you'll come to the shooting range. And um, you will be, uh, you know, walking around the periphery of a large field over there, too. If you come to the shooting range, you can see there's a big berm there with uh, some wooden structures for the targets. If you look due west, you find the tree line there, and there's an opening and a roadway going through it, and that, make a beeline for that, and it'll take you right through back here again. Take you right here. Um, if you want to, if you wanted to keep walking, you could keep walking. There's a... Uh, kind of a pathway that goes down it goes past the holding pond and turns back west and comes up uh, past the um, the uh, high fenced area where we have the the apiaries the bees are there there are about seven hives there six active hives and uh, that'll be on your right as you're walking on a pathway basketball court on your right volleyball courts on your left Again, uh, that'll bring you back up to the pond. That's, that'll bring you to the other side of, of the lake here. Just a quick uh, tour here, a verbal tour, so you know your way around. It's a little hard to get lost as long as you kind of follow that roadway and uh, the fields and uh, so on. Now, with regard, to, there, are about, there are about 60 acres, 58 and a half acres anyway here, so there's enough room to get around and... Uh, just to go for a nice walk. Uh, in case there's very bad weather, last week the ladies had beautiful weather to begin with, and then Father Greenwell arrived, and the weather became terrible. And I'm glad Father Greenwell was here, <laughs> because uh, he handled, of course, with great, uh, with great uh, calm, uh, steady nerves, and so on. But there were actually tornado warnings out here at the camp. And we have umbrellas here. Okay, these umbrellas are for, you, your, for, for your use. I don't know what the plan is for uh, the weather during these next few days. Some of you might have looked that up. In any case, it changes rather rapidly, as you know. But according to this, uh, Thursday, we're supposed to have sunshine like today. And then Friday, it'll be cloudy. And Saturday, cloudy, but we're not talking about precipitation. Still... If you see that it's clouding over at night, you might want to take an umbrella back to the cabin with you just to have it on hand in case it's raining in the morning. You have an umbrella handy to bring back here, bring back to the chapel. Just a thought. You're welcome to do that. Um, there are receptacles also in the uh, pavilion, the, 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 the dining room for the umbrellas. They're black uh, kind of trash bins, but they're, they're for the umbrellas. You can leave them there and pick them up there. Now, one thing we will need, we will need a Brother Bell. Uh, one of you gentlemen who's been here in the past, you know where the bell is. And somebody who's really good at keeping track of time. Anybody willing to do that? It's a matter of ringing the bell five minutes before the Mass in the morning, five minutes before dinner, well, well, the, the meals, five minutes before the conferences. Anybody willing to, to do that service for us? Yeah. The ladies didn't want to do it either. <laughs> uh, Joe, you'll do that? 
No, you ever watch it all? So, yeah, okay. You know where it is, right? Yes. Well, I'll show you. What cabin are you in? Oh, okay. Well, that's just a little little walk. On your way over, you can ring the bell. I'll show you where it is there. Um, and that, that actually raises another point. Of the, the bell is actually attached to a kind of um, wooden structure on which the main electrical panels are mounted. Well, the electrical panel for cabin four um, has leaked and one of the breakers has uh, experienced a problem. So there's plenty of electricity going into each one of those cabins. But with cabin four, it's down to one breaker, and that breaker is a good-sized breaker, so there, there should be plenty of amperage going into, the into that cabin. But uh, if you experience any problem with that, be sure and let us know. The electrician is taking care of it. He's routed all the electricity through the one breaker, which is quite ample. And uh, you shouldn't really have any problem. I, I calculate there's enough, uh, enough uh, power going into cabin four to power about seven blow dryers at the same time. And I don't know that we're going to have to have that, that quite that much power. So I think you're going to be okay. Uh, Jim? Yeah. I noticed there's some breakers off. In That's why, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, the refrigerator wasn't on, so I found the breaker. Well, you probably just blew up the cabin. And, and turned it on. <laughs> yes. Everything was, you know, uh, and then I started worrying about the hot water. And, you know, but the hot water is on. The hot water is on, yeah. 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 The, all of the essentials are on. Well, do you need the refrigerator? Well, you know, I had a few things. You know, I, I, mean, I can turn it off if it's best to turn it off. Well, if we blow, if, we, if, it, if it blows the power, we'll have to turn it off. Okay? Oh. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, that, if you say breakers are off, that's why. Uh, you're not the first. I, I walked in and I started throwing breakers on myself, too, when I first arrived. Um, now, I don't know if he disconnected them or what. I have no idea. But you can see if the, if the fridge comes on. Um, I think uh, the assumption was that people wouldn't need the refrigerators because they have a pavilion and everything's in the pavilion for refrigerators is yours. So, But let me know what happens there, okay? If anything happens, let me, let me know what it is. Yeah, okay. As I say, it should have plenty of power there. The hot water is working. Uh, and, uh, I, but, and that brings up something else, too, by the way. And I'm sorry to take all this time with uh, practical matters, but that's what this conference is primarily about. Um, Father Greenwell does 100% of the work out here. Even the work he doesn't do personally, he supervises it, he arranges he really does 100% of the work. I do nothing out here. Now, that might sound like a disclaimer. As I'm telling you, hey, I'm not responsible for anything that's wrong out here. Uh, but the problem is uh, he gets very little help from me. I take care of uh, Immaculate Conception and try to leave him free to come out here, and he does. And he spends a lot of time mowing and tending things here. You're going to find some light bulbs burned out. Don't be surprised. Um... I have a few bulbs here. You're welcome to take these. I think I already know of one that's burned out. But uh, I'm going to have to get some more bulbs in for the, you know, if you find them, feel free to take them and change them or let me know and I'll come and change them. Um, or anything else that's wrong, you just let us know. Let me know. We'll take care of it. Um, the ladies would report to me about things that this or that, 
was a bit of a problem and within a matter of an hour it was taken care of. But the one person Father Greenwell has relied on for years now to take care of things is Dan Rosa. And uh, Dan suffered a, a serious injury to his shoulder just weeks before, well, just weeks before this, and had to have some serious surgery in which his shoulder was entirely cut open and ligaments reattached and everything. So he is not uh, able to do too much. He's in serious pain. Please pray for him uh, for a good recovery. But he wasn't able to do a lot of the things that uh, Father Greenwell was counting on him doing. So uh, we need your patience and help. If you see things are not quite right, then we need to know. If there's no hot water, we need to know. Because we can solve that. We just need to know. Uh, again, with the light bulbs and so on. Now, the locks the locks are old. They need to be replaced. The locks in the doors, they do lock. But sometimes you have to finagle them a little bit. Remember now, when you're not here, those who are here are boys. Boys from the age of maybe 7 to 17. And they can be very destructive. Believe it or not, it's true. Right, very destructive. Even without trying to be destructive, I mean, they're just you know, they're just hard on things. <clears throat> so if you have a um, a lock that doesn't work or something, just let us know. You know, and uh, but I, the, we managed to get through. Sometimes the button to lock the door, uh, you have to hold the knob and turn them in opposite directions. But you'll figure it out. Guys figure these things out very easily. You have a maintenance box. No. No, no. You can leave it in here. Okay. Um, now there are confessions scheduled on the on the uh, schedule. You'll see generally during rosary, someone I ask one of you to lead the rosary so that I can go and hear confessions. I will lead the rosary during benediction at night. But during the rosary during the day, I'll try to go into hear confession. And uh, and I'll hear confession after the uh, benediction tonight. Good to go. Um, but if you want to go to confession at some other time that's not marked, just let us know. Father Greenwell himself will be here for the middle four conferences. That's over Thursday night. So feel free to go to him too. Uh, he's very good. Now, uh, I have down here Thursday night holy hour. Um, well, we have Holy Hour, but we've also had Exposition and Adoration. I think we better not do that because it um, it makes people very weary. And uh, as wonderful as it is to have Exposition and Adoration throughout the night, it does take quite an investment of time, energy. And um, I think you're here to be here for the conferences and so on and to stay awake for that. So... I think it'd be best if we didn't have the ador all-night adoration, personally, uh, in the interest of other concerns here. But we will, of course, have the nightly rosaries, and we will have, of course, the uh, benedictions in the evening. And uh, Father Grinwell might well have a holy hour here on Thursday night. Private conferences. If you want to have a private conference with Father Grinwell and me, just make a note of it and put that in the box. We'll get that, we'll see that, we'll arrange that. Um, I do have retreat assessment forms. We do read them. So your comments are important to us. 
And um, the positive comments are always very nice and very nicely well-received well and appreciated. The negative comments are even more helpful, though. <laughs> In terms of helpfulness, the negative comments are helpful. So if there are things that are not quite right or you think could be done better, we need to know. So don't hesitate to let us know. Now, um, one of the things that people regularly put down, at least not everybody, but some people, is the beds. Well, remember, it's a, it's a children's camp and the beds are not the best beds in the world. We know that. Uh, especially those who have been here for a number of years have learned how to cope generally uh, by, well, everybody gets half, half of one of those, uh, half of a half of a lodge or a quarter of the lodge. And there are six bunk beds in each one quarter, quarter of the lodge. And so the men and the ladies too have learned to uh, take three or four of those mattresses and pile them up. Some of them just like to pile them up on the floor. Um, <clears throat> others pile them up on, on one of the bunks and uh, uh, they found ways to make themselves comfortable there. Uh, been very, very resourceful. Feel free to do that. Feel free to take as many of those uh, mattresses off and pile them up as anywhere you want, where you want. Uh, to make yourself as comfortable as you can. Um, my goal is to uh, come up with some uh, much more comfortable arrangements for the retreatants, though. Um, the kids, they sleep anywhere and everywhere. Uh, but, you know, when you get, they get up in, uh, beyond the 20s and 30s, well, uh, it's nice to have something more comfortable. So. Um, so, but the retreat assessment forms will be given to you at the end of the, of the retreat, and I'll put them right here so you can see them. I have a copy of the 2021 calendar here, though, too, if you want to consult that for the feast days of the masses. And uh, in case of rain, I mentioned the umbrellas. Uh, in case of injury, please be sure and let us know right away. If you need anything, if you forgot anything, let us know. Let Pat Stickle know, because she's going to be stopping and shopping regularly on our way to here and on our way from here. We have uh, one of the ladies last week uh, left a toothbrush and toothpaste behind, so we picked up like, 12 toothbrushes. And uh, there's a package of six toothbrushes sitting on the front table where I sit in the dining room. And uh, they're yours. They're yours to break into and to use. Uh, they're brand new. Don't worry, we're not recycling them. Uh, if you feel ill, be sure and let us know. Um, if anything malfunctions, let us know. Obviously, if there's an emergency, be sure and let us know. So in any necessity also, uh, please be sure and let us know. So I, I think that pretty much covers the, um, the basic practical matters. Anybody have any questions, by the way? Okay. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, we're still expecting, let's see... Three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, sixteen. We're still expecting about probably eight or nine gentlemen to roll in. Uh, does anybody uh, actually? Well, Mike uh, Moranzano, you know Mike. Uh, he's going to be coming in tomorrow. Uh, I think, if not later on tonight. Uh, Greg Faith. I'm expecting Greg. That's a Thursday arrival. Jim Evans, Thursday arrival. Uh, let's see. Prez, Thursday arrival. 
And uh, Daniel Wright, Thursday arrival, you might see that some of these gentlemen in your cabins have not arrived quite yet. Uh, Martin, uh, your dad, uh, Sean, will be rolling in tonight sometime, is that right? Yes. Yes, okay. And, uh, okay, and there are a couple more too, so. So, okay, very good. Well, that actually takes us to 8.45, and we're supposed to have benediction <clears throat> at 9 o'clock, so we have to set up for that. I do want to tell you, though, when you have an Ignatian retreat, this is not an Ignatian retreat. It's hard to do an Ignatian retreat in three days. But Ignatian retreats begin with basically the four last things. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. During the first five days or so of, an, of a month-long Ignatian retreat, you're not even allowed to receive our Lord and Holy Communion. It's part of the retreat program. Well, this is a retreat that we try to limit to make it as accessible as possible for busy men so they can come. Usually when they have an Ignatian retreat, they have very small numbers. You can see why, because there aren't that many men who can, who can give that time. But uh, we want to uh, make it as accessible as possible for you. But we need to start by talking about something uh, that has hit us very close to home. That is judgment. I'm talking about death so much as judgment. What does the faith, what does divine revelation tell us about judgment? Our judgment. Each and every one of us, the judgment. Uh, it's important that we see what we're facing. They say that the only two things in life that are certain are death and taxes. But... Taxes, well, if you're on welfare, I'm not sure how heavily you're taxed anyway. Everybody else is taxed to pay for your welfare, right? So even taxes are not necessarily certain, but death is absolutely certain, and therefore judgment too. And because of the certitude of this, uh, the universality of it, that every single one of us is going to be facing this, it's a good idea if we think about that and consider what it actually means. Through the eyes and the mouths of the saints, what do they have to tell us about that? And uh, moving on from that, then, to talk about the means of, of grace and uh, how to have a judgment that is something we can actually not live in dread of, but actually uh, live with a certain confidence. You know, is it possible? Well, again, the voices of the saints speak to us today. And uh, although there are many saints who warned about the seriousness of the judgment, you'll see that the saints themselves did not. Did not dread that moment so much because of something in them. There was something that overpowered the dread. And that's something wonderful. We need to know what that is. And um, we need then to go on for the question of the judgment, especially the general judgment, to talk about uh, our Lord, We're talking about uh, prayer and our Lord. We're talking about prayer, in particular mental prayer, and uh, how to do it why to do it and how to do it. 
And then we're talking about how to pray with our Lord and the Sacred Heart. Is it possible that we can pray actually with the Sacred Heart of Jesus? That's a question that I'd like to explore, as they say. And uh, I'd like to do this by looking at our Lord's Sacred Heart as, as an actual heart, and uh, then see it not only as the heart of man, but as the heart of God and what it tells us. And I'd like to take a look at the passion of our Lord. But looking at the passion of our Lord in a particular way, uh, not just looking at the passion of our Lord outwardly, but looking at the, the passions of our Lord. To actually see the passion of our Lord in the light of the passions, the human passions of our Lord. Because then we can actually enter into the Sacred Heart itself and understand as much as possible the Sacred Heart of our Lord. And then learn how to pray with him. So these are the things that I'd like to cover in this retreat. And uh, just to give you an overview. And uh, so with that, we'll uh, close for this night. We'll get ready for benediction. Remember, silence should prevail at this point. And uh, I'll count on our servers being ready to go at 9, nine o'clock. We'll have benediction and the rosary, the glorious mysteries. And I'll hear confessions for those who'd like to go tonight. There'll be confessions during rosary tomorrow as well at other times. But if you'd like to go tonight, you're welcome to do so. So let's pray and be on our way.